All right, on today's episode, we're going to talk about what's going on and what happened in the draft. You ready to do this? Yeah. All right. So, like nobody was surprised, Trevor Lawrence ended up being the first round pick by the Jacksonville Jaguars. Everybody saw that coming. Like, if you didn't, you've been staying out of the news because the Jaguars literally gave Trevor Lawrence, before they even drafted him, their playbook. Not exactly legal. But, hey, it happens, right? Hey, the running joke is it was his uh, wedding present from uh, Urban Meyer. Hey, I mean, like, crazy thing is, is if Trevor Lawrence does not go undefeated this year, this will be his first loss ever. He's never lost in high school. He's never lost in college. His first loss will be in the NFL because nobody goes perfect. A hundred percent. Different league, different stats. Different strokes for different folks. And uh, I don't see him winning too many games this season with Jacksonville. No, I mean, they've got a decent team, but it's a brand new quarterback. It's a brand new head coach, and you cannot tell me that Gardner Minshew is going to start. I guarantee Trevor Lawrence is their day one starting quarterback. Knowing Urban Meyer, he is. And it's they're on the rebuild again. Oh, 100% they're on the rebuild. You know, I legitimately think they'll probably win about four or five games this year because you can't rely all on a quarterback and a brand new system like every head coach brings something different into their team you can have a defensive minded coach you can have an offensive minded coach and every team has their own different schemes you know some is that cali based like wanting to run and action play and do all of that and then you've got that like texas just stay in the pocket and pray something happens 100 percent um Coming from where Trevor's from, kind of like SEC area, like, yeah, he played for Clemson, but he came from a kind of like a Cali-based play-action team, but was stuck with, like, the pocket quarterback, so that's what gave him the edge and made him look good, but I don't think in his, in his, in Jacksonville, he's going to be as good as everybody thinks he's going to be. It's going to be another two, and he's going to flop in the first year. Well, it takes time to totally build up and get used to your team and everything like that. I think Tua was a little bit overrated. I mean, I know there was the whole hashtag tanking for Tua, and they ended up still getting him even though he wasn't the number one last year. He played a little bit, but Fitzmagic overshined him by far. So, I don't know. I feel like that there's a lot for Trevor Lawrence to do, but there's a lot for him to lose in this first year. You know, I hope he does well. I think he's a really good quarterback. But I really hope that they can protect him because look at the Cincinnati quarterback last year. Did phenomenal. Played really, really well and probably would have taken them into the playoffs. I truly believe that if he wouldn't have gotten hurt, you know, and leg surgeries later. I mean, it's only his second year in the NFL and he's already had uh, uh, two major surgeries now. And that's why I think, honestly... Miami didn't play Tua as much as they did because, yeah, they tanked to get him, but he was coming off of a season of injury. That's very true. He did not play his full last year, did he? No, he did not. All right, so Trevor Lawrence, automatically, we knew that was coming. What surprised me, though, is the, the New York Jets took Zach Wilson. This was kind of not a no-named quarterback, but I had him falling a lot further. I honestly thought... Um, that the Jets were going to end up getting Mac Jones. I mean, Mac Jones was predicted to be a top-five quarterback. He was going to go really early, and yet he falls all the way down to the Patriots without even trading. I mean, the the Patriots had the number 15 pick overall. Didn't trade, didn't do anything. Bill Belichick and his dog were able to just sit back, relax, and just watch him <laughs> fall and fall and fall. Now, could Mac Jones be another Aaron Rodgers? We'll find out because Aaron was supposed to go number one overall and ended up falling down to Green Bay. I mean, seeing a BYU quarterback taking over another Heisman runner like Justin Fields, it kind of shocked me. But I'm pretty sure he has strong connections with the coach that picked him, and that's why they picked him. I could see that. So then after that, the 49ers took Trey Lance, a North Dakota State quarterback got a monster of an arm but he's got that gunslinger persona kind of like Brett Favre where he does throw quite a few interceptions and it's kind of a rough situation but if they can dial him back get him more accurate get some 
open receivers that he can throw to and give him just a little bit of time, I think he could do well for the 49ers. I think he's going to take a few years to really get used to that system because, A, you're in a team and a league with the Seahawks, the Cardinals, and the Rams. I mean, that's going to be a really tough for a brand-new quarterback. Now, do they let Trey Lance sit for a little bit? And behind Jimmy Garoppolo, because he was hurt last year, he's coming back. I don't know if Trey Lance will be a day one starting quarterback like Zach Wilson and like Trevor Lawrence was. I think they pulled Lance because he's coming from North Dakota State, a team with not that great of an edge, but he is a gunslinger, and he's good at pocket throwing going into San Francisco with a coach that loves pocket quarterbacks, but their team's not built for it. I think they're rebuilding. Oh, I I definitely think they're rebuilding. I mean, they... How do you go from not making the playoffs one year and the previous year not... or making it to the Super Bowl? Like, you literally go from the Super Bowl to the big and then not even make playoffs. Yes, Nick Bosa was hurt last year. Yes, Jimmy Garoppolo was hurt last year. They could not keep anybody healthy on that defense to save their life. So then they were just holes like Swiss cheese, and everybody was just running down their throat. I could also see this being another GM tanking and choking in a draft. Like, he didn't know what slots he... he everybody knows what slots they need to fill, but he didn't know who he wanted to fill them. So... He choked and picked a quarterback because he was top three picks. But if you're in that situation where you don't know what to take, why not trade back and be like, hey, um, we'll give you the third overall draft pick if you want to give us like a second and a third. You know, you could have taken a team like the Minnesota Vikings, who would have, I guarantee, would have traded up to take Trey Lance and put him in that gr- or that golden purple. Like, it just makes no sense. Or even if that's a trade up for the third slot, knowing no one took uh, Justin Fields or any of the other top-name quarterbacks or anyone anyone to fill their slot that everybody knows Minnesota needs because their team's complete trash right now. So then after, after Trey Lance, we go down to the Atlanta Falcons, and this is what blows my mind. Kyle Pitts is a phenomenal tight end, but when in the world do you ever see a tight end be taken before a wide receiver there so far goes quarterback 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 tight end you're talking that Devontae smith from alabama that wide receiver that the eagles traded up for which we will talk about here in a little bit got jumped over for kyle pitts a tight end out of florida that just it blows my mind i mean let, let alone he jumped a heisman winner and a bunch of other star receivers. When the hell does Atlanta ever use a fucking tight end? I don't know if they're planning on changing their system and they're thinking that Matty Ice is right on his like deathbed in the NFL and they're just waiting for another quarterback to come. I don't know. I mean, you literally have the option that you could take like Justin Fields or any other quarterback i mean there's several that are still left that are very good but you take a tight end i don't necessarily know if i agree with that but hey i mean i'm not a general manager of the atlanta falcons no uh, i mean maybe he's hinting that uh Matty doesn't have the arm anymore he's just dump passing everything to a tight end now some screen plays is that what we're looking at for atlanta now like- i mean there was talks of them trying to trade julio so who knows with that Oh, I think that'd be the biggest mistake in the world, especially taking a tight end that high in the draft. And if they got rid of Julio, it's no. Okay, so now we go down to the fifth when you got Jamar Chase out of LSU being taken. This is the first wide receiver taken in this draft. He's a stud. He's got a vertical like no other. And I think he's going to be a really, really good weapon down in Cincy if their quarterback can stay healthy. Yet again, still skipping the Heisman winner. As we go down this list, there's so many people taking over this Heisman wide receiver. Like, you think he would have been taken early, but it, it, it's a coach's nod to like, hey, this kid's going to have a, head, a huge head because he won the Heisman. Like, they probably think he's going to choke at this point. 
I mean, he was a good player. He played very, very well for Alabama. He he was. He was a stud there. Now, to stud in college turn into stud in the NFL? Not necessarily. Look at Tim Tebow. Look at a lot of other people. There is a big difference between college and pros. But, I mean, I think the kid deserves a little bit more respect than getting jumped down that far. But we'll talk about that when he comes down. I do see them pulling Jamar Chase because he's a very level-headed receiver, though. And he's very good at listening. And He's a great ad- route runner. He's, he's Yes, he's very good at adjusting to pressure. And with that Cincinnati offense and not the strongest offensive line, he's going to be able to need that because, I mean, you literally have maybe five seconds to get that ball out with that offensive line. It's not very strong. It's kind of weak. It's probably one of the more weak in the NFL. So you've got to be able to get to your spot quick, hit, turn, catch that ball, and be prepared to just get smashed. For sure. All right. So number six, now we're going down to uh, Jalen Waddle. Now, this is an interesting one. As we talked earlier, Tua was from Alabama yep, and played with Jalen Waddle. And, and they were... And they were very, very good together. Now, this is an interesting pair. Now, yes, he's a very good wide receiver, but I'm wondering if because they're preparing for Tua in the future, if this is why that pick happened. I mean... If you already have some sort of chemistry, that puts you miles ahead of just some random dude that you're getting paired up with because you have to be. Yeah. You have that connection. You have that trust. You have that faith. It wouldn't surprise me if Jalen Waddle becomes a good fantasy quarter or fantasy wide receiver because of that trust. Who is going to be like, I got you, bro. Yeah, they definitely um, through. Tua's three years he played with Jalen and Jalen's four years in Alabama in general, they were very, very connected at the hip. Um, they just they made some insane plays happen to win national championships. And I don't know if Tua might have had a say-so in that pick or they asked him, like, which one of your two receivers that we could pick do you want? I don't know, but it, it's going to be interesting seeing how that plays out if they start Tua this year. Oh, 100%. I think he will get a lot of playing time. I think that Tua will bring him up if he is the starting um, quarterback and is not somebody else. All right, so at number seven, we've got the Detroit Lions, who are not known to be taking the best picks, but they're always known for taking really early picks because they're never that good. Now, they took an offensive tackle by the name of Penny Swells, and he's going to be um, the blindside protector for Jared Goff. So this guy is supposed to be a stud. He's out of Oregon. I mean, hopefully he does really well. I mean, Oregon's pretty scheme-friendly, and it seems to fit the system of the Detroit Lions. But, I mean, this guy's really got a lot to do because he's really got to protect that blindside of Jared Goff. It's going to be a very crucial part of that whole offense i think this dude coming out of oregon i don't know if he's going to be able to step up to a powerhouse defense like chicago or green bay's defense in general it'll be interesting to see if he can protect jared goff or if jared goff sees pressure coming from that side and rolls out of the pocket just to get away from it it's gonna be a work in progress it's detroit let's be real they're always on a rebuild i mean even if he can buy Jared Goff maybe three, four seconds, you know, if he can hold his ground and be like, okay, I'm not letting you through, you know, if he can hold off Khalil Mack. Khalil Mack is always double teamed, so if you've got this young buck who can help somebody else just like hold their main stars out of the way from that blind side, it'll make a big difference. I really think that... They're going to try their best with Jared Goff to try to get him anything he can to win because they're seeing what other teams are doing. And I think, actually, Detroit did a really good job in this pick because they've got receivers, they've got running backs, they've got a brand-new quarterback. They need offensive help, and they need defense. And that's what they did in this draft. You heard it here first. Offensive line, great pick for Detroit because they don't have a line at all. All right, so number eight, the Carolina Panthers take jace horn now this is the first cornerback cb to be taken 
he's really good. I don't know if I would have taken him. I mean, he's a really good player. He has trouble reading um, some offenses, so I don't know. I feel like it'll be a little bit of a struggle. Now, he's not the best at breaking up plays, but the man can catch. He might as well have been a wide receiver. He will make, I guarantee, probably three or four interceptions this year if he gets to play. I mean, South Carolina is not really known for their defense, but this guy was a standout player there. I think it also helps that he'll be where he's used to being and playing in the weather he's used to being, like playing in. Coming from South Carolina, going to the Carolina Panthers, like it. It'll be interesting. Obviously, every every pick's going to be interesting. See how they play out, but this one actually kind of makes sense to me because Carolina needs to rebuild their defense. Oh, 100%. I mean, especially with that new offense they're going with. They're in a rebuild, but not at the same time. They're in a rebuild, more of a restructure, I guess you would say. Because they're not starting from square one. They're starting from square five, and now with the draft, they're probably at like a six or a seven like they're going to be a tough competitor i don't know if they're necessarily this year going to be able to hit the ground running and be like hey we're here we're not messing around this is our thing but i mean when you've got christian mccaffrey on the other end you buff up that defense and you've pretty much got a balanced team and that's kind of what the carolina panthers are looking for in jace horn that being said, with them trying to rebuild their defense now, I'm wondering spring training, summer training, before the season, if they're going to run heavy defensive training, get that defense on a first-name basis, like this is what we're doing, this is what we know we need to do, and see if they hit the ground running, or do they still work on their offense as much as they have been and hope their defense just clicks? So, for the ninth pick, the Denver Broncos took Patrick Sertan, the second. So, he's a cornerback out of Alabama. Alabama's, they're one of the premier college teams. I mean, pretty much any player from Alabama's probably going to go pretty high, or at least in a first round. I mean, they usually just do well. This kid is supposed to be um, really good. He's supposed to be really quick with his feet, some really fancy footwork, and he's really good at kind of like that fake fight in the middle you know like messing with the receiver but not over the top where you're going to get a penalty called for like roughing the passer or delay of any kind he's uh also very well known for one-handed picks um got five of them postseason this this year and he's gonna be a powerhouse player if he gets put, if Denver's system gets built the right way around him, or he gets built into the system the right way, he's gonna make moves. He's probably gonna bring Denver's fantasy defense ranking up a bit. Probably week three or four, but it'll be interesting to see um, how they have him play against all these. I'd say offenses he's never really looked at before. Well, and on top of that, when when I was watching the draft, they were talking about how this guy has really, really good fundamentals. He's really good at like picking up plays and defenses or offenses and understanding what's going on. And he's able to take what he sees on film and put it on the field, which is really key for a young cornerback. I mean, it takes time to totally get used to every kind of scheme that you'll see. But if he can pick things up early, he's going to make a good difference for that Broncos defense. Yeah, Nick Saban's known for building his defense to where they read the quarterback and not the players. And this kid took it to a whole new level. Um, Coming in at number 10, we have my boy Devontae, the Heisman winner, out of Alabama, going to Philly. Philly traded up for this pick with Dallas and I think it was a money move smartest thing they could have done all power to them but everybody knows Philly chokes will that hurt Devontae's um, career I doubt it homie's gonna be a very very good fantasy pick for anybody he's just he's that good 
He's not overrated. Everybody's going to say he is because he's an Alabama player. I'm an Alabama fan. We all know this by now. But he's that good. My whole thing is, yes, he is a very good player, but will that he fit into that Philly offense? Because that Philly offense is not a normal one. It's like that Philly special. It's something a little bit off-putting. It's something a little bit tricky to pick up. There's been some really good receivers coming out of Philly, but it's a really hard system to work with, and it'll be interesting to see how this Heisman winner does. I mean, the dude's got really, really good ball skills. He's basically got, like, glue on his hands. You throw it in the general direction, he's going to catch it. Now, with a name like Devontae, he does kind of remind me of a young Devontae Adams. The guy can catch, he can run routes, but we'll see what happens because unlike Devontae Adams... He doesn't really have as good of a quarterback throwing to him. I I see this kid, rookie year, coming out. Because he's been through high school and through college. He's been through a bunch of different offensives, a a bunch of different looks. So I think think he'll match Philly's um, energy. I think rookie year, he's going to come out and make a very well name for himself. And he's going to make OBJ look bad. OBJ in his prime look bad. That's a very bold statement to say because, I mean, everybody knows that OBJ is known for very flashy catches and all these crazy touchdowns, one-handers, all of this nonsense. Now, this one's going to hurt me a little bit. This was probably the boldest pickup in the whole draft, in my opinion. So, at number 11, it was supposed to be the New York Giants, but the Chicago Bears traded up to draft quarterback... Justin Fields out of Ohio State. Now, this is crazy when not even a month ago they got Andy Dalton and they told Andy Dalton he is their quarterback number one. I don't know how long that's going to last. I truly do believe that Justin Fields will be the starting quarterback probably by week four or five in the NFL because I don't see them doing great with Andy Dalton and they're going to want to try Fields out. Now, the one thing that worries me is the Chicago Bears are not known for their offensive line. That's why Trubitsky was always getting hit and beaten like a pinata. That's why Cutler was always running for his life. Like, this good good thing that this kid is young because he is going to be running and running and running for his life. And that's why I think he's going to be week four, week five, because more than likely Andy Dalton's going to get hurt. Now, this was a crazy Like, nobody expected this to happen. Everybody thought that the Chicago Bears were going to take probably some defensive player later down. For them to trade up, like they did, and get a good quarterback, that really says something after the last time they traded up and they took Trubitsky. They passed over Mahomes, they passed over Watson, and I know a lot of Bears fans to this day are still kicking themselves over that. I want to put money, I really would want to put money on that this kid does not flop like Trubitsky did. Yeah, he's been through a couple different systems. Like, Georgia's offensive line isn't really known for being that great. They hold off a, a defense for a couple seconds, give him a look, and they usually roll out of the pocket. In Ohio State, they're known for play action. So I see him I see him rolling out a lot. It's just, can the Bears offense give him, like, maybe a second and a half to get the ball, get situated, and start rolling? I really hope this pick works out for him. Um, I don't necessarily agree with it once again. I think there were better quarterbacks still there. I'm not going to like dry hump on Mac Jones, but he's still a stud. I definitely probably would have taken Mac Jones as a general manager, especially in that Bears offense. But, I mean, if they think they've got something good in Justin Fields, more power to them, honestly. All right, so number 12, we got Micah Parsons. Uh, he's a really good linebacker out of Penn State. I mean, the Big Ten is known for their linebackers and their offensive lines and their tackles and everything like that. They're not flashy with their quarterbacks or anything like that. This is a good, like, cornbread, homegrown guy in Penn State. Yeah, and Dallas isn't known for a defense. So, again, they look like Detroit. They look like they're rebuilding their defense. And all power to them, they need to. I mean, I'm kind of about this pick because... One thing, if you look at the Dallas Cowboys, is they're missing some sort of explosion. They're missing some sort of strength and speed and power that's just going to pop you right off the line. 
to get right at that quarterback. I think this guy, maybe not his starting year, you know, because I don't know if he's going to make the first, like, cut and everything, but I definitely think his second or third year, you're going to see this guy's name come up and being like, okay, well, he's going to maybe have his first, like, three sacks his first year and then five, six. I mean, you give it four or five years with the way this guy played in college, he might be a defensive player of the year looking down the road if he stays healthy. That's the problem with a lot of your linebackers and everything like that is you've got to stay healthy. Yeah, I mean, give him give him one to five years. I could see him being, if he does it right, plays his cards right, I could see him being Dallas's version of Khalil, if, to be God honest. This kid's nuts. He's he's a brick house linebacker and he will eat people, but he has to have a system built right for him to do it. And right now Dallas doesn't have it. He could be the next Bosa. Could be. I mean, with the way his body, like just his physical appearance. Yeah, he's built right. Oh yeah, he's he is built like a semi truck. And if he get hit by him, it's going to hurt. All right. So for 13, out of Northwestern University, we got an offensive tackle that the Chargers took by the name of Rashawn Slater. I really don't know much about this kid. I actually had to look into him a little bit. Um, He can play pretty much any position on that line, which is kind of... It's really versatile. I mean, he he's kind of one of those guys where he does really good in this really good in that but if you need him to and somebody gets hurt you can move him over and i think that's going to be really versatile for the chargers because the chargers once again they've last year had a lot of injuries and everything like that if you can have a player that you can plug and play into multiple spots that makes a huge difference yeah for sure um Again, another one of those teams that, like, their offensive line was lacking due to injury, like you said. Um, I could see a plug-and-play being very helpful in their favor, whether they put him on uh, second string and plug-and-play him as injuries come in because they know everybody, every season someone's going to get injured. And having somebody to learn the playbook at every slot on that offensive line is kind of hell your rookie year. But this kid's got the intelligence and has the drive to do it. I could see him maybe second string, plug and play for a starting slot by week six maybe. Could have a starting slot, depending. And it's kind of really cool to see somebody from Northwestern get a first, like, not the first round, or not a first round pick overall, but a first round in general. Like, this is the first pick for the Chargers. And Northwestern isn't known for their football team. I mean, they have a good football team, but they're not Alabama. They're not Clemson. They're not Georgia. They're not Cal. Yeah, they're a top 25 team every three years. And it just so happens he's going into the draft right off of them being maybe a top 15 team at the end of the season this year. And they they made him look phenomenal. And if you're not from Illinois... You probably don't even know where Northwestern is. Like, it just sounds like a direction, honestly. Now, it's a suburb of Chicago, and they're known for, like, decent football, but not over the top. So it's really cool to see somebody kind of, quote-unquote, local to be able to take it to that next level. Yeah, for sure. Um, Honestly, even if you're from Illinois, half the people don't know where Northwestern is because they're all wrapped up in UIUC, SIU, um southern yeah western but it's it's one of those schools that like out of nowhere they could have a prospect and it was him okay so for the 14th pick the new york jets actually got another pick which is kind of cool it doesn't happen a lot but the new york jets not the best they had to trade around get some stuff so for the 14th overall pick they took isaiah vera tucker He's the first guard being taken, and he's out of USC. It's Elijah. Okay, Elijah. My bad. Whatever. (laughs) It happens. Okay, so this kid is pretty much the ultimate blocker, from what I understand. Like, if you watch his gameplay, you're not going to get through him. Unless you're just, like, pedal to the metal, this kid is going to stop you. Which is really good because the Jets really, really, really need that. He's got a lot of good potential. I know they were worried about him getting injured down the line, you know, hammy issues and stuff like that. 
But, I mean, if the Jets believe that he's worth taking in the first round, he's got to be something special. For sure. Um, again, we're, it seems like to be a common trend. People are rebuilding their O-lines this year. They know they need it. They know it's where they're lacking now. And they picked probably one of the best prospects to fill a slot on their O-line. All right. So, number 15, Mac Jones. Bama! <laughs> quarterback out of alabama this kid is good is this the next tom brady did bill belichick find his golden goose we'll see down the line this kid's known for having a really really good football iq and for y'all don't know that don't know what that means that just means he understands the game very well he can read offenses he can read defenses he learns really well from gameplay like a lot of quarterbacks that are high iq quarterbacks are like aaron Rodgers, drew Brees, tom brady like the greats peyton manning brett Favre. you know these guys know what's going on even people like tony romo even i mean look at the way that dude is able to just broadcast and explain what's going on obviously is a very intelligent iq driven quarterback Tony Romo just kind of got the shit end of the stick on his gameplay, you know. He can read everything really well. He just can't perform. Now, I don't think Mac Jones is going to be that guy. I think Mac Jones could be the next grooming for that Bill Belichick system. Uh, Yeah, if Belichick takes him under the reins like he did Tom Brady, I could see him building a great quarterback. Does he stay with the Patriots and win six seven super bowls with them like tom brady did no i see him maybe a couple years or like a garoppolo thing learns how to play quarterback slot and gets traded again see i don't think that i don't think there will ever be another jimmy garoppolo because the fact that if you look at who the patriots have now they've got cam newton Cam Newton is a running quarterback. He is not one you're going to learn a lot from being a pocket quarterback. That is what he is. He likes to stay in the pocket. He's going to throw it way down the field. He's going to do a little dump passes here and there, but he is going to stay in the pocket. And good thing the Patriots have a good offensive line. Otherwise, this dude would be creamed all the time. I technically don't think they're going to have him try to build his professional career off of cam newton i don't see them having that happen i see the quarterback coach one-on-oneing him his whole way and like holding his hand all the way to the beginning of the season and cam getting benched oh i i definitely i if i was a if i was bill belichick i would be starting mac jones i mean cam's not a bad backup but i don't think he's going to be the future by any means cam would be a good running back yeah, kind of do like what they did with Robert Griffin III, turn him into a running back. You know, technically he's a quote-unquote quarterback, but, I mean... Signed as a quarterback, put as a fullback. Exactly. It happens all the time. All right, so number 16, you've got the Arizona Cardinals taking Zavin Collins. He's a linebacker out of Tulsa. Um, this kid has really, really good tape. He's one of those um, versatile defenders that's really good um, as just like a box defender and he's you can put him on the edge you can make him pretty much do anything but this dude is beefy this dude can bench ridiculous amounts he had a really good draft trial date and everything like that like the dude can pretty much make any play that needs to be done he can also play in or outside though that and that makes him very very good at a young player i mean the arizona cardinals are kind of making that push and now you've got jj in that system i mean you can't tell me this kid is not going to learn a lot from jj and probably replicate what he does i mean last season the only thing you could see teams do multiple times on arizona is they got arizona pressure him with a blitz and they drop a the screen pass right down the middle this kid's not going to let that happen i think they picked this kid up to literally stop the one thing that Arizona had a problem with defensively. Oh, totally. Okay, so for number 17, we've got the Raiders, the Los Angeles Raiders, taking... Vegas. Las Vegas Raiders. Ah, whatever. It's the Raiders. They don't really matter. Anyways. (laughs) 
All right, so the Raiders ended up taking a um, offensive tackle, also out of Alabama. Notice a pattern here, guys, by the name of Alex Leatherwood. Um, this guy's a really solid edge blocker. I mean, he's from Bama. He's got some really good footage from actually playing. He did not have the best like showcase. In the combine. In the combine. And that kind of worries me because, you know, that's really where you're supposed to, like, show off and everything like that. I mean, obviously, the Raiders are like, okay, cool. He's good enough to take number one over, number one for our pick. And the fact that, you know, he dropped down a little bit further doesn't surprise me. But, I mean, this, anybody that you take in the first round is probably really good unless you're Trubitsky. Let's be real. And, I mean, it's another one from Alabama. Offensive line, built like a brick house. Why not take him? Oh, I agree. And you know what? They, the Raiders really don't need a whole lot. They've got Derek Carr. They don't really need too many weapons. Like, why not take an offensive tackle and really just buff up your defense? All right. So, at number 18, once again, the Miami Dolphins take Jalen... Phillips. Now, this is their second pick. So, they went for an edge out of uh, Miami, Florida. Pretty decent pick. He was a five-star recruit going into college. I mean, the kid's really technical with his skills. Um, He's what they consider a pure pass rusher. He's pretty much, that's all he's going to do. He is your full, like, bred pass rusher. He's not going to go anything fancy, but he's going to get the job done. And he's going to make it so you have the outcome you need. You need that pressure, he's going to put it. You need that sack, he's going to do it. It's almost like this kid, his whole life has been training for this one slot in this one position because he just makes outstanding plays as a defensive end. And going from the U in Miami to the Miami Dolphins, I don't see anything changing in this kid's game. He's used to the weather. He's used to the pressure. He's used to having a big name behind him. Kid's going to do phenomenal. Oh, yeah. And I would be willing to say he's going to get a lot of sacks this year. I mean, he's probably going to push 11, 12 sacks. I could see him pushing probably as many sacks as Khalil Mack is going to do for the Bears this year. Oh, that's... uh, I don't know. That's not that many. Let's be real. I don't know. Get rid of Aaron Rodgers. (laughs) We'll discuss that later. All right. So, the Washington football team. Let's make that very clear. Still don't have a name. Still don't have a name. So, they took Jamie and Davis. He's a linebacker out of Kentucky. I mean, Kentucky is a really good football school, especially, once again, for that defensive side. You know, they're nothing fancy with their quarterbacks, wide receivers, running back, but the defense is where it's at for that. Big corn-fed kids that can hit, like, trucks. Exactly. Now, what this guy's really good at, though, is he's really good at forcing the turnover, and that's key for this Washington team because they are, once again, they are in a rebuilding phase. I mean, they just lost Alex Smith. They had a chance to beat Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in the playoffs, and they were close to it. And maybe having a kid like this would actually put them over the top. Maybe this kid would have been able to put a turnover on Tom Brady and make it that extra edge to win the game. Even if he doesn't put a turnover on Tom Brady, he's going to force Tom Brady to roll out of the pocket, not give him time to breathe. And I could see him doing phenomenal work for this Washington team as they rebuild. Now, one thing at the Combine, they noticed that this kid has exceptional speed. He was seconds ahead of others, and that's big in the NFL. Now, yes, the Combine has full-on sprints, but being able to jump off that line and get that quick speed is what the Washington football team was looking for. Now, so, number 20, you've got the New York Giants. Now, they traded back and took this from the Bears. This is where they saw that they could trade back and get a good player that they would be able to use and let the Bears have fields. Now, this dude's supposed to be really good. He's a wide receiver out of Florida. I think the Giants could use just a stud wide receiver that doesn't get hurt. And doesn't show off. They haven't had anything really since Odell Beckham Jr. I mean, they've got a phenomenal running back, if he can stay healthy. 
but they need that wide receiver. They need that dump pass because if you're a team where all you do is run, it becomes predictable. And then they just stack the box, and you're not going anywhere. It is what it is. Yeah. This kid is going to be able to break patterns. He's going to break knees. And he's got that really good start-to-stop quickness. He kind of reminds me of a young Devontae Adams with that fancy footwork. Yeah, for sure. He's very, very good at breaking up defenses. And honestly, if he was on Alabama, he could have been a Heisman. Not everybody can be on Alabama. Exactly. All right. So at 21, you've got the Indianapolis Colts. Now, they're kind of in a weird spot where they are rebuilding, but they're not. But they're still playoff push. It's kind of an interesting thing. But they took Quiddy Payne. Now, this kid is a Michigan-born bred. Like, this guy puts pressure from the edge. I'm a Michigan fan. This kid is all over their highlights. It's crazy. I'm surprised, honestly, he fell this far. But I'm glad to see him go to a good team like the Colts. I mean, this guy not headhunts like in the illegal way. But this guy gets at the quarterback, and he puts people down. I mean, little uh, just three games alone last year. You guys played Notre Dame, you guys played Ohio State, and obviously Michigan State. He made all three of those teams look like complete garbage. Just so much pressure put on their quarterbacks that they choked, and he could do a lot of work. Oh, he's going to put a lot of damage on some quarterbacks, especially in like that division. Like, this guy... They're going to have to play the Tennessee Titans. They're going to have to play the Jacksonville Jaguars. Like, this guy, this guy is going to hit Trevor Lawrence. I guarantee that. He, He's playing against a lot of pocket quarterbacks, and Trevor Lawrence is... I, I would say ACC doesn't have a player like him that Trevor Lawrence had to size up to. Trevor Lawrence never had to play him again while he was in Michigan. It's going to be a bloodbath. Oh, it's going to be phenomenal. And, like, the fact that this guy is a Big Ten, you know, he he's used to playing in, like, that cold in Michigan. He's used to playing in large crowds. He's used to kind of basically being a pro already. But, like, this, he, this kid's going to be good. If you're a Colts fan out there, be excited for this kid and be prepared to hear his name over and over and over again because you will and you're going to love it. He plays with a lot of heart and it's going to be a great pick for you guys. Oh, 100%. So right after that, we got the Tennessee Titans. All right, so they take a cornerback by the name of Caleb Farley out of Virginia Tech. Now this one kind of surprised me. Virginia Tech's not really known as a football school. I mean, they're not really known as a lot to be honest but apparently the titans see something special in this kid i didn't really know a lot about this kid to be honest i had to look him up after they drafted him he's got some really fancy um film i don't know how that's going to coverage cover from college to pros though that's what worries me with some of these fancy cornerbacks he's really good in that zone coverage and he's really good at trying to keep on a receiver and not allow separation once again, that college to pro level, though, I don't know if this kid... This kid might be a first-round bust. Yeah, I'm not I, trying to hate on this kid by any means, and I hope he proves me wrong, but, like, especially if you're, like, that heavy zone defense like the Titans are, it it really worries me. Yeah, with spread offenses in his conference, it's going to be hard. For, I, I see his rookie year, if they start him, it's going to be hard for him to keep up. He's got speed, he's got talent, but the NFL's a different game, man. Oh, 100% it is. Now, here's something interesting. So, that was the 22nd pick. Now, we're going to go to the 23rd pick, another Virginia Tech. But this one's an offensive tackle that the Minnesota Vikings take. They took him as the 23rd overall. Um, I don't know. This kid's supposed to be decent. His name's Christian Darsaw, and he's, you know... If he can do what he's meant to do, it's really going to help the Minnesota Vikings because that offensive tackle is missing up north. Very much so. Um, Minnesota's offensive line in general is lacking. Another team on a rebuild for their offensive line. Another one of those teams that has to build an offensive line to stop a very prominent defensive conference and division. Um, I could see him putting in work. I doubt he starts first year. 
I see them trying to school him on their playbook very hard the whole first season. Maybe gets a couple starts here and there, maybe week seven, week eight, somewhere deep in in the se- in the season. But um, I don't know. He could he could do, he could put in work, but. The Bears and the Packers defense is kind of—they're just gonna wreck people. Now, one thing that I think is really crazy about this dude is this dude is three hundred and twenty-two pounds. He's a big boy. Like he's built, broad shoulders. Now it's really interesting. So the, how the Minnesota got Vikings got this pick was actually they got it from the Seahawks, who then gave it to the Jets, and they actually got it from the Jets. So this originally was a Seahawks pick that the Jets took, and then they gave it to the Vikings for a trade later down the line. I believe this was a Jets pick that they picked up from the Seahawks last year and then traded to Minnesota this year through, like, random trades, if if I'm not mistaken. All right, so now on to the 24th, we've got the Pittsburgh Steelers. Once again, they took a Bama player, a running back by the name of Najee Harris. Yeah, he's, he's... uh, shut out running back let's be real um do you think this is the weapon that the pittsburgh steelers need to put them into a hard playoff push i mean he's the Najee harris has got a very like to compare him to another sec player that came out of the league out of the sec into the league he's kind of built like todd Gurley. he knows how to find a hole he knows how to run He's really good at what he does and can run people over. This kid might be small. He's got some weight to him, but if he drops his shoulder and you're not ready for it, he's running you over. And with Pittsburgh having Juju and a couple other decent receivers on the outside, I could see them taking this running back, putting him first string, and changing their game instead of just throwing to Juju constantly. Now, one thing I find interesting is... Um, Bucky Brooks was talking about how he would compare this guy to Le'Veon Bell or Matt Forte. And with us being in Illinois, you know, you hear the name Matt Forte and it holds some stature. I mean, even across the league, the dude was a stud for the Chicago Bears. He was about the only weapon that they had during that period of time. I mean, he's, even as a Packers fan, you are, uh, you got to respect Matt Forte. Oh, I 100% the, the dude do. was a tank. And it's a really high compliment to be compared to him. Very much so. All right, so for the 25th pick, we've got Travis Etienne. I'm just going to call him E.T. because I'm probably going to forget his name, to be honest with you. He's a running back out of Clemson, and he's paired really, really well with Trevor Lawrence. I definitely think that er, him having that Clemson root and him being the same draft as Trevor Lawrence and both going to the Jaguars is not a coincidence by any means. It kind of raises the question, did they do that on purpose, and did he already have a playbook as well? Nah, probably not. I mean, running backs, you've got not as many plays as a quarterback. You know, quarterback kind of runs the show. But let, maybe maybe Trevor's like, hey, here's a couple pages of what's coming up. Yeah, for sure. Um, Again, another running back. ACC, really good at what he does. Now, this pick was not originally Jacksonville's. If you notice, this is their second pick. They got actually got this one from the L.A. Rams, which is okay. Not a bad not a bad thing, I guess. I mean, the Rams didn't have a first-round draft pick this year, which is kind of interesting, but they got to do what they got to do, you know? And I do. I think that's the Rams setting themselves up maybe next year, the year after, and having three, maybe four draft picks in the first round. Now, I will say, out of Clemson, this dude was a big playmaker. This was your run 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 like these huge massive explosive plays he's kind of like a um derrick henry or an aaron jones he's kind of like that explosive cut runner he'll make a quick move and then just take off for the races this guy's got a lot to burn of energy and he will toast you any day of the week if you give him a small hole yeah you can't let this dude break your ankles because if he does he's gone and i don't and not only is he a good runner, he can also catch and run. So that that kind of makes him stand out in a running back way. He's definitely one of uh, Trevor's key targets when Trevor played for Clemson, when they both played for Clemson, obviously. Um, he had a lot of very good over-the-shoulder catches right down the middle, broke some ankles, got past the safeties, and was just gone. 
All right, so for the 26th pick, the Cleveland Browns took Greg Newsom the second. Now, this is another Northwestern, but this one's a cornerback. Um, the dude's pretty decent. He makes a lot of good plays. Once again, he was in Northwestern, so he wasn't playing a lot of, like, really top-notch quarterbacks. But I have a feeling that this guy will do pretty decent, especially for the Cleveland Browns when they're trying to build up their defense because that's really what stopped them from making that hard push into the playoffs. Like, you're going to be able to throw over the Cleveland Browns? No, not anymore. Not with this kid. He's really good. The only thing that worries about me is the size of this kid. He's not the biggest. He's not the best vertical, but his pure athleticism makes him that playmaker. Now, he can pretty much fit into any kind of scheme because Northwestern doesn't have that like staple go-to scheme. So he might fit really well in this Browns organization and the system. Yeah, especially uh, just to kind of get thrown into a system. He, he's going to be pretty versatile. Northwestern's not known for anything big, anything flashy. So it, you're right. It's going to be pretty easy for him to fit in. And as long as he gets his roots in, dug in pretty well, he's going to be a pretty key player for him on defense. All right. So for the 27th pick, the Baltimore Ravens take their first pick, and they take a wide receiver out of Minnesota by the name of Rashad Bateman. Now, this kid did damage this past year against Illinois. I mean, this kid can catch, this kid can run. I think he's going to be a really, really good pick for the Baltimore Ravens if their quarterback actually throws and just doesn't run. Yeah, we really uh, we lost some pretty decent looks for our quarterback this season, and it showed. It showed a lot. But. People are comparing this kid to uh, A.J. Brown and Michael Thomas. Um, he's kind of like that pure number one wide receiver. Now, he can play slot, but he's more of a true number one. I don't know if he'll get that right off the bat. This kid is probably going to play a little bit of practice for a while, maybe get called up if somebody gets hurt. But I don't know. I kind of feel like this might be a little bit of a waste of a pick for the Baltimore Ravens just because they're a run-based offense. Now, maybe they're going to try to switch things up, and maybe um, their quarterback's going to be like, you know what, maybe I shouldn't run as much. I'm learning. I'm not getting hurt as much if I stay in the pocket. Maybe if I throw a little bit more and then dash in every once in a while, it'll trick them up a little bit more. I don't know. The Ravens are kind of an interesting offense because there is no from-year-to-year sameness. There's always something different going on. It would be pretty interesting to see how they play this player because if – they do what I would think they would do. They could be rotating quarterbacks by playset if we're fourth and 13 and really have to make a push for the end zone to win a game. I could see them bringing in Chase. Throw Chase McSorley in there. Homie's got an arm. Yeah. This kid can run and catch. Okay. Change it up right at the last minute. Team gets so comfortable with with everything we got going usually with our defense and throw this out of nowhere I it can make some moves oh yeah and as a wide receiver in the first round i mean you're gonna you're gonna have some fancy plays i just don't know if a wide receiver in the ravens offense is going to be as flashy as he's used to in minnesota because in minnesota he's used to that pocket quarterback you know big 10 is really known for we're gonna sit here we're going to protect our quarterback, and we're going to let our wide receivers get open. Look yeah. at Tom Brady. He came from Michigan. Minnesota's not that far off from that whole offense. Not at all. All right, so for 28th, we got Peyton Turner. He's a defensive end uh, from Houston. He ended up going to the New Orleans Saints. This one kind of surprised me. Um, I figured that the New Orleans Saints would actually probably trade up and try to get a quarterback after the retirement of Drew Brees, and I know they've got – Taysom Hill, who's going to be their quote-unquote starting quarterback, the kid has not proven himself. I probably would have tried to trade up and try to take like a Mac Jones or something like that because you can offer quite a bit in New Orleans. You need that player that's going to stand out. But taking a defensive end is not a bad thing. You know, he this kid's a stud. Houston, their college team is known for being heavy on defense and everything like that. Nothing flashy, but hardworking, nose to the ground. We're going to hit you. We're going to get you in the situation where you don't want to be. And we're going to create those, you know, fourth and 
seven yards and you know not let it be a fourth and one really push you back and make you work for every inch yeah on this one i actually don't agree with you i think it was a smart pick for uh new orleans Taysom didn't get a chance really to give himself a look being behind drew Brees for the whole season so i think this will be his season to give himself a look give himself a, they're giving him a chance so them trying to restructure their defensive front is a smart move for them knowing that their defense is going to have to pick up where their offense is going to lack i mean that's a great point i mean when they've lost championships or they've lost um trying to just make it to the playoffs whether it be tampa bay last year or the two years in a row they played the minnesota vikings and you know things just didn't work out um i mean that's kind of a refing officials and that kind of stuff but maybe that defensive player would make that difference they do have to find somebody to stop tom brady so maybe it's the kid maybe this kid is the golden goose and i'm just sleeping on him it's very possible all right so for the 29th pick the green bay packers take a wide receiver just kidding that would make aaron Rodgers happy no they took a cornerback by the name of eric stokes out of georgia this kid's good like in my opinion this is not me being a packers fan i think he's the best cornerback in this draft class the kid is not gonna make a bunch of interceptions but he's gonna break up that ball like he is so aggressive he has been known to pull a little bit of penalties but his speed and quickness and like his athleticism puts him over the edge and i think he could go toe to toe with a lot of your elite receivers day one i see this kid being a jalen ramsey you know that trash talk that can back it up and he has that talent that makes him play and will make him play early in his career I don't see why this kid is going to not start day one, especially when you put him on the other end of Jair Alexander. You have two shutdown cornerbacks. You're going to have to run the ball or you're going to have to play short, you know, little 10-yard passes. You're not going to get any of these big explosive plays. And I really think this is what Green Bay needed, especially looking at last year against Tampa in that NFC Championship game. You know, Kevin King sadly really let us down and was not able to cover Tom Brady's throws. You know, I think this kid is not going to get the interceptions, but he's going to break up and he's not going to allow big plays on himself. And it makes me really excited to see what this kid can do. I don't <laughs> I'm I'm not against you on this point, but I do think that Green Bay's GM is an idiot and needed to pull an offensive weapon. Oh, I agree 100%. I don't think Green Bay's GM is going to be a GM much longer, but that's for a later topic. And to be fair on this kid, he played for Georgia. So he played a lot of good teams compared to some of these other, like Virginia Tech and, you know, some of these other cornerbacks that didn't have that level of athleticism playing against to challenge themselves i mean being in the sec he played against alabama and he put up some good stats against alabama not discrediting the kid at all i'm just discrediting your gm yeah i don't blame you on that (laughs) Uh, honestly you know at least we didn't trade up for jordan love again you know or another quarterback you know what scratch that if we would have traded up and we got mac jones and traded off love i'd have been happy it would have pissed off Aaron Rodgers, though. I don't think so. I think if you, I think if you would have said, Aaron, we're getting rid of Love, but we're going to take Mac Jones, I think you would have been okay with that, honestly. I really do, because I, I don't think Love is the answer. Aaron knows that. Fucking Green Bay's general manager. I guarantee. <laughs> guarantee. Probably within a month, we're going to be talking about how this guy's fired. Let, let's be real about this. All right. I wouldn't even give it a month. And we'll see what happens. All right, so for the 30th pick, the Buffalo Bills take Greg Rosau. He's out of Miami. He's an edge rusher. The kid's built pretty well. Um, He has had a lot of injuries in the past, and it worries me. Um, A lot of people compare him to JPP, which is a really high praise as well, except for this kid's got all of his fingers, and he doesn't play with fireworks. Oh, my God. You know. You had to make the joke, didn't you? Oh, of course. It's JPP, you know. Pull back, Terry. Okay, so... This guy, when he starts going, he does not stop until that whistle blows. He gives 110% every play. 
and that's I think what really made the Bills be like okay we need this pass rusher we need somebody to take our defense to that next level and give it 110 percent this guy is going to be more than just a actual player on the field I think he's going to be really good for the locker room and the momentum and keeping everything going you know this kid has been known for making speeches and really keeping his defense to that high level yeah um looking in on this pick it makes sense to me. It really does. The Bills, they had a great run at the freaking playoffs this year. Their offensive looked pretty outstanding compared to other Bills' offenses. So for them to pull a D-end and try to give themselves another weapon defensively to make their offense look just that much better through the season this year, it's going to be a pretty decent look. And if he starts, he starts. If he doesn't, he doesn't. Either way, first line, second line, this kid's going to do some work. All right. So for the 31st pick, I'll let you take this one because it's your uh, Baltimore Ravens once again. Yeah, uh, 31st pick, Baltimore took Jason Oa. He's a DN from Penn State. Um, People we know would be happy that this kid got picked. He should fit first string on our defensive line. Our defensive line's lacking right now. We need some weapons to stop basically any team passing on us, and I think I want to see this kid truck Juju. Well, it'll be it's kind of interesting. So they actually got this pick from Kansas City. Now, they got that this year when the Kansas City Chiefs took, who did they take again from that offensive lineman? Um, Which one was it? He got traded this year. They took that guy, Orlando Brown. He was an offensive tackle, if I remember correctly. Yeah, I was upset for about maybe 30 minutes until I figured out we got a draft pick out of it, first round overall this year, and I'm not too mad about it anymore. We we got a defensive weapon that's going to do some work against Pittsburgh. It's going to do some work against Cleveland. It's going to make us a little bit better, and offensively we got a weapon defensively we got a weapon first round so i'm not too mad right now all right and for your 32nd overall pick the tampa bay buccaneers take actually not an offensive weapon they take an edge as well out of washington they take joe tyrone he's supposed to be really good i'm actually surprised he fell this low i figured he would be up there but you know this kid's very explosive off his first couple steps um He's got a nonstop motor. He's going to keep going, keep going, keep going. Uh, the one thing that worries me about this kid, though, is he has trouble with his different forms. You know, out of out of playing in Washington, they don't do a lot of different schemes. And it worries me because Tampa Bay's defense is known for a lot of different schemes. Now, will he be able to transition well and pick up on that, do a lot of homework? Hopefully. I don't know. We'll see how this goes. It's a good pick by the Tampa Bay Buccaneers overall. I figured this kid would go higher, but you know what? For the last pick of the first round, that's not bad by yeah. any means. To throw them a potentially middle linebacker or left outside linebacker in the first round, 32nd overall pick, it was a, it works for them. They need a defense. They have their offense. Tom Brady's going to run their offense, and all they have to do is Exactly what Belichick did, and keep a defense that's worth a damn. Exactly. And let's make this very clear, that anybody that is being taken in the first round, doesn't matter if you're the first overall pick of Trevor Lawrence, or if you're the last, the 32nd, you're you're a stand above everybody else, you know. There is a lot of players that could have been higher or lower, you know. But it's really a testament to the colleges that they came from. I mean, look at how many different players came from Miami, how many people came from Clemson and Alabama. Like, you notice that there's a lot of people, you know. Ohio State only sent Justin Fields in the first round. Michigan only sent their offensive tackle or their edge of Quiddy Payne. Like, I don't know. It's really a testament to where, like, these colleges are recruiting from and being able to get these studs you know the sec is always going to get more than the big 10 alabama is always going to get more than anybody else exactly it's just how the teams are built and how they statistically line up but to be selected in the top 32 out of 32 per seven rounds to be one through 32 
you're an outstanding player, and it's going to be great to see what you do in the draft or in the season. Oh, yeah, 100%. And it'll be good to see how these kids go from college to the pros. You know, some of them only had a couple years. Some of them did their full four years, you know. I don't know. It'll be really cool to see how all of these guys advance and develop over time. They're lot- going from being literal kids and playing against literal kids to playing against dudes that are almost 20 years into the league, almost, some of them. Oh, yeah. It's going to be interesting. Oh, yeah. I mean, look at how many years Tom Brady's been in the league. Aaron Rodgers is hitting his 16th year. Like, there is a lot of veterans that are still in this league. A lot of people talk about how the league is up and coming of a lot of new players and a lot of new skills and everything like that. But you can't you can't forget about what's still there and what's been around for a while. Yes, this past year we lost Alex Smith and we lost Drew Brees, but there's still a lot of veterans that are out there and there's a lot of up and coming veterans. I'd be willing to say Russell Wilson is now considered a veteran after all these years he's been. Yes, he's still young. But, man, he is not that Patrick Mahomes young. Matt Stafford's, yeah, I yeah. would say, veteran I would at be, this point. Oh, 100%. He's been around for quite a bit of time. I'd be willing to say Jared Goff is starting to hit that mark where, are you a veteran? Are you still young? Are you developed? You know. It's a definitely an age before beauty kind of thing. Oh, 100%. All right, guys, this is going to wrap up our second episode of Take Me to the Top podcast. I appreciate everybody listening. You know, if you guys don't agree with what we're saying about some of these people, you know, just tweet us or, you know, let us know what you think. We appreciate any kind of um, interaction, whether it be positive or negative, you know. If you think we're trying a little hard for the Alabama people or, you know, I'm a little bit, you know, on Aaron Rodgers, you're probably right. But let us know what you think. All right, y'all have a good one and take it easy, guys.